Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score north and score north.com proud of our guys you know we found a way to win we it wasn't a pretty game um you know and this is i mean it's four uh four back-to-backs it's damn near irresponsible you know um but real proud of the guys finding a way shorthanded tonight i love i love finchy throwing throwing the 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 schedule rip in there (laughs) amazing um, what do I, so what do I need to do to get back on the show here now now that it's officially the Declan and Judd well, show? Is there like a re, like a reinitiation process or what what needs to happen? Uh, you know what? Actually, no free pass because when you are the CEO of Vikings Twitter, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. That's, and, that's, that's right. True. And people are fighting it. Why, why are they fighting what's done? Well, why listen, are, you know. Why are they fighting this, Phil? The, the CEO of Vikings Twitter believes in servant leadership. He doesn't believe in leading with a heavy hand, and yeah. so uh, you know he doesn't. He he'd rather not bring the hammer down. But just be careful resisting your Minnesota Vikings Twitter CEO. Okay, and yeah. uh, and for the for the for the crowd that maybe didn't see it over the weekend, we are filling C level cabinet positions here, and yeah. Declan Goff has uh, has earned the CBO title. The clickbait officer of Vikings Twitter. So, congratulations, yep. Declan. We have a, we have a CEO. We have a CBO, and uh, you know, our we've had some fairly productive discussions with Judd Zolgad, but ultimately, in the end, Vikings Twitter will do its best for Vikings Twitter, and Judd mm-hmm. will do its best for Judd. That's what we're being told. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here today. You just work here. Like, you never really know what tomorrow holds, right? So, you know, I mean, we're just trying to do the best that, that we possibly can. Um, and, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm just very happy. Yeah, don't worry about a succession I'm plan I'm very yet, pleased. Yep, you know, exactly and, and right. Judd's older than Philly. Don't get a too, replacement. So. Don't, like, I don't want a person behind me yeah. in waiting, but I also don't want to provide you with any assurances of how long I'm going to be here. So no, uh, that, that's the, the plan. The problem is they're saying that the, uh, that the you know, the – the intern class for C-level uh, suite members, like the youngsters, it seems like a weak class, but we'll have to see. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I've heard there's some, I've, I've heard there's, wo- there's one or two just sort of like hidden gems, but who, yeah, I mean. That, I earned that BS degree from St. Cloud State. That Bachelor of Science is hanging right yeah, in my you bathroom. Got, you know, it's, I, I earned this CBO title. But you're it. old now. He's I talking, Phil, Phil is talking about the incoming class. Yeah, I'm talking about Malik Real Willis. concerns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Statements on a Monday right. here. Uh, we will get to our buffoon of the week, and we will get to Declan has had it with the wild. So we'll get to a, a wild pie chart of blame at some point here. But 
Boys, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 15-point favorites tonight. I get that they're playing a very depleted and mostly terrible Portland Trailblazers team, but they are 15-point favorites tonight as they look to keep pace with the Denver Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks, who also keep winning. The Wolves have won 7 of 10, and they're trying to creep up out of that play-in game, but uh, the Nuggets and the Mavericks have both won 8 of 10, so it makes it tough. But here's my statement for you guys. So Carl Anthony Towns is having just an incredible start to the second half of the season here after winning the three-point contest. Uh, that game against Portland the other night, he goes for 36-15-5 with a small handful of blocks. So here's my statement. Carl Anthony Towns, don't look now, is one of the 10 best players in the National Basketball Association. And I have data to back it up for you guys. You can tell me if this is too hot takey, but he's one of only five players in the league this season, averaging at least 24 points and nine rebounds. The rest of those guys are Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and Luka. Mm -hmm. Not bad company to be in. He's eighth in win shares, which is, it's, I would say it's probably the best all-encompassing one-stop shop metric for how good are you offensively, defensively, are you healthy and available, which I think should be considered here. If if you miss 20 games, then you know, it's tough to say that you're one of the best players in the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't miss games. Eighth in win shares, just ahead of Steph Curry and Jason Tatum, and he's fifth in terms of offense efficiency. He's fifth in effective field goal percentage among qualified players who've taken at least 10 shots per game. Uh, so, I mean, it's maybe it's hot takey. I think the way that he has played all season and the way that he's ramped up his game during this important stretch where they really need to make some hay and win games, and they are, I think he's one of the 10 best players in the NBA. 10 to 12? Somewhere yeah. in there? Is it a hot I think take? Incre- no, no. In, in fact, my, my statement was it's clicking for Cat because he is right now alliteration. He's got it clicking. He look since he got back, especially from from uh, being victorious in the three point contest, he's playing with confidence. It feels like in the last two months and he hasn't perfected this yet, but it feels like in that time he has toned down the in game rhetoric towards the officials like he's sort of I mean, I don't know if Finchy got to him or what, but sort of, you know, peeled that back just a bit. And so it's not this constant complaining and moaning and whining about non-calls. He still gets upset. Um, But the way that he is going right now, this feels like, and this has not been the case consistently, this is his team. Like, it's been times where it's been like, I think it's shifting to Ant's team. And hell, we've talked about that. And there have been times where we have bemoaned the fact that this club does not get more from Cat. But I got to tell you, in the last month or month plus, it has felt like Cat's team. And that is, that's what you want. Like, he should be. Phil, Phil it, it not only is not a hot take what you said, but in my opinion, it's what you should expect. He's good enough. He also, you know, this is what, year six or seven for him? And he spent... The first handful of years in the NBA, and, and, and but I guess I'll preface this by saying some of the stuff that has kept him from maximizing his own potential and the team's potential is self-inflicted stuff. Like there's some immaturity issues. Um, so there, I'm not saying that this is all like external, but the first five or six years of his career, right? The guy that drafted him and believed in him passes away tragically. Then they bring in. Browbeating Tom Thibodeau, who I know the Knicks won last night, but once again, like this is the third franchise that Tom Thibodeau is about to ride into the ground and get fired. 
and and he sort of derailed an early important portion of Carl Anthony Towns' career and development. Also broke up a young nucleus to try and jump up in the Western Conference for just a quick sip of coffee in the playoffs, and then, boom, they're starting over again. Um, he has the stuff with family and COVID. Yep. When they did make the playoffs with Jimmy Butler a few years ago, he didn't play well. He was accused of just sort of hiding in the corner. I mean, the inside the NBA guys were just clowning him on national television, right? So he's, uh, I think he's finally getting the validation across the league. And I know it's just a three-point contest, but it was it was a national event. It's all of his peers. You know, he's got all of the top players. It's the it's the NBA 75th anniversary. So in and around that whole weekend, yep. there's all these top players from the history of the NBA, and he comes out victorious as one of the greatest big men shooters of all time. He's getting praise from Shaq. So it just kind of feels like he's finally getting the respect and validation. Not that he's always deserved, but that he's earned through playing really well the last few years. It feels like, too, and and I mean, to the things that you just uh, went through, Phil, he's been through a ton. It feels like he is growing up as well. And, and look, I, I mean... In the most tasteful way possible to say this, when his mom died, who he was incredibly close to, there's one of two ways to go. You, like, just collapse or you grow up. And it feels like he has taken that now and has taken a step that makes him a different person than he probably was with Tibbs here or Butler here, right? Like, he, he's more in control. He's more of an adult, probably. And that's part of the problem he went to Kentucky for a year. He was still a kid. He came out like his parents were at all the games, and he's a great player. But there's probably a maturity at that age and with those life experiences that you don't have at that time, right, that you learn from. And so I give him a lot of credit because I think his mom passing was a huge, devastating loss. And it seems like he has now taken that and and channeled that into into really becoming a much more mature, probably person as well, but player for sure. All right, my Wolby statement after watching this putrid wild team over the last uh, few weeks, which I'll get into later, but my statement on these Wolves is very simple. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do over the last 16 games. The Wolves are 12-4, and and they've beaten up on some bad teams, right? They've beaten up on OKC, Portland. They beat the Kings a few weeks back, but... They've also hung with some good teams. They beat Memphis. They beat Golden State. They beat a depleted Cavs team, but regardless, you still should win that game. Um, Anthony Edwards has missed time, right? They're their next superstar. They're their next Batman in waiting here, and they still find other guys to step up. My main guy, Jaden McDaniels, getting more minutes because of that, finding his three-point stroke. D'Angelo Russell, a player that I think all three of us were kind of out on about six, eight months ago saying, nice player, but maybe not someone that's going to build around, but as now taken his game to the next level on the court, off the court. Defensively, he's been amazing. Our Carl Anthony Towns point that you guys made, I think he's putting together really his best all-around season, which honestly is impressive to say, right? He's in the his sixth, seventh NBA season now, and he's really putting everything together. Um, and Chris Finch, I think, honestly deserves Coach of the Year consideration for what he's been able to do with this roster. And maybe it's because this franchise has mostly been inept for the majority of the last 20 years. Uh, but he has literally maximized so much from everything on this roster, from Vanderbilt to McDaniels, Nas Reed, um, obviously is key in the development of Anthony Edwards, key in the development of, of D'Angelo Russell and Cat too. So good on the Wolves. This is what you're supposed to do. Beat up on those bad teams and also see growth from your entire roster. 
Also, it's going to be really interesting. So right now, let, you know, let's say they get in as the as the seven seed. However, it works out with the plan. They would so they would play the two seed. And right now, the Warriors and the Grizzlies are tied for the two seed. I think they could give the Grizzlies a legitimate run. I know they just beat the, but they beat the Warriors with no right. Draymond Green, no Clay. Um, Clay didn't play in that game. Clay hasn't been playing very well, anyways. And and yeah. Steph even openly talked about his conditioning not being there the other night, but. I legitimately think if they if they play the Warriors at full strength, it's going to be really tough. But I think they could go six or seven games with Memphis. So that would be gravy. I mean, the goal right now is get in, just be, be back to being a playoff team for the first time in a long time. But um, don't sleep on a potential run. They right now are averaging the most points of any team in the NBA per game. 114.3 points per game. And when they want, they can put the clamps down on defense. So... Um, I don't know. I don't think they're beating the Suns or the Warriors in a seven gamer, but they're interesting. And I don't think teams are like raising their hand to match up with the Timberwolves. Next three games: Portland, twenty-five and thirty-eight tonight. OKC on Wednesday, twenty and forty-four, and then a road game: Orlando. I believe the worst team in the Eastern Conference, sixteen and forty-nine. So you got a chance to uh, continue to make some hay in th- the next three, at least, as well. Dude, who was it? Uh, the, the Pelicans last night blew like a 10 or 11 point lead with three minutes to go. The Nuggets came Oof. back, forced overtime, and then one. It's like, it's catch a Joker, break. man. Jokic, baby. It's ridiculous. I know. He's good. He's pretty good. Although the Wolves put you know, put a beating on Denver a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Another Wolves in for you. So this is just sort of a, this is sort of random. It doesn't really apply to anything in the last couple games, but Tom Haberstrow, I think he's at Meadowlark with uh, with Lebetard now. He does the Basketball Illuminati podcast. <laughs> and he came out with some incredible research that does validate what a lot of Timberwolves fans think, which is, and here's my statement, the Timberwolves legitimately get screwed by NBA refs. Did you guys see this? I saw this, yeah. So he he went and did a dive into which teams receive the best referees over the course of time. And and he found and his research was, you know, based on the best refs as they're graded and then which which refs wind up as NBA finals refs. And he found that the teams that get the best officials are the Warriors and the Lakers. So even though the Lakers aren't a very good team, the league is clearly assigning the best officials to the games with the highest profile teams. Mm-hmm. And the Timberwolves are in the bottom five of that list. It gets even worse when you go further. Total years of referee experience on games. The Wolves are third from the bottom. The top two teams are the Lakers and Celtics. So they get the least experienced refs, you know, or among the three teams that get the least experienced refs. Yep. And then total games with a finals referee from last year. So the best of the best referees. How many games this season have they played with a finals referee? The fewest in the NBA. <laughs> so come on, they're just they getting get assigned like the, the worst refs in the Ed NBA. Malloy. Why are you bashing Ed Malloy? He's like a That's regular. He flies some, with the Wolves. Malloy's done he's some done, finals, he's done games, some finals that, games, and I don't know how he does. <laughs> I don't know how that man gets finals games, who he's got pictures of Adam Silver or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So if you think the Wolves get bad referees, it's not just your brain playing tricks on you. They definitely get worse referees. Uh, than, and by the way, the Lakers are number one on that list. And but the you Clippers know are number two. 
Guess what? Chicago, Golden State are three and four. Big market, they've, Boston. They've deserved it. Like, get good. Get good. I, 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 I that, agree with that. That's going to change. But isn't it? Do you think it's weird? And I, I guess now that I say it makes it makes sense that the, you know the games that are nationally televised, you don't want crappy rookie officials yes. on ABC on it's a Sunday night. So, I guess. so I get that. Like TNT on a Thursday night, you want your your best refs out there. You know what? Get good. And and if Cat continues to track like Cat is going right now, he's going to start to get calls. Mm-hmm. Like like the logic of this is not hard. You're getting screwed because you've sucked for so long. It's true. And if you don't suck, guess what? The league is going to say, hey, we're going to put you on national TV board, and you're not going to get as much Ed Malloy. So what Judd's saying is if you're a Timberwolves fan, just chill. Just chill out. Maybe put on some chill boys underwear. The most comfortable underwear that the three of us have ever worn. Give me one word to describe how chill boys are making you feel today. Fabuloso. Thankful. I'm feeling fabuloso. Fabuloso. Yes. Down Uh, there because it's so damn comfortable. I'm going to say uh, cool, calm, collected. I know that's three words, but uh, you cool, calm, collected. No, just, just, well, Chill Boys is a Some Minnesota-based CEO company. <laughs> uh, Chill Boys is a Minnesota-based company, but you can find them online. They care about one thing, and that is your comfort down there. Chillboys.com. All right, so mm. they, uh, they get screwed by that. Mm. All right, if, if it may please the crowd, I'm going to switch to a National Football League statement. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Good. we're right in the yep. right in the heart of it yep. here. Next yep. week, right. the league year, right. free agency. Oh, oh. We're nine days away. Now. We're nine days away, and really, we're, we're the, seven ta- days away from the legal, legal tampering period. Legal tampering and let's tampering period. The let's tampering dance. period started with cocktails in Indianapolis at the combine last oh, week. God, so. I love the legal tampering period. It's so great. Okay, <laughs> here's my statement. My statement is very simple. On this Monday, he's back. Despite his promise that this would not be a long and drawn-out process, Aaron Rodgers still hasn't told the Packers if he is going to sign. He supposedly, according to ESPN this morning, has a massive multi-year contract that will take him well into his uh, 40s on the table from the Packers. So it's sitting right there to be like, hey, take this. He has not told them, I will take it. He has not said, I'm gone. He continues to uh, his his teenage ways of dragging out a story that he basically controls. I mean, to call a spade a spade, the organization has given the keys of the Packer car to him. And he's like, I don't know if I want to drive it or not. And they're like, dude, we're giving you the keys to the Packer car. And the last point is, this is gumming up the entire quarterback um, rotation, possibly, right? Like, he's the first guy it, because the Broncos, obviously, for the second consecutive offseason, want Aaron Rodgers. But they don't know yet. And so they can't, let's say, call a team in the Vikings division to say, you know what, um, he ain't coming here, so let's talk about your guy, Kirk. The point is, Aaron Rodgers is back to his pain-in-the-ass ways. Okay, so it's so interesting. Giving him a long-term extension into his, let's say, early or mid-40s is kind of a genius play by the Packers because you can it gives you the ability to pull that cap number down in 2022 and 2023, right, and kick it further into the future. So like the longer term the contract, like Pat Mahomes with that 10-year contract in Kansas City, the more flexibility you have as a franchise to manipulate the cap hits. 
So I think I'm just trying to put myself in Roger's shoes. Besides just like wanting attention and loving to create drama, what is the value in waiting? You know, what is create he? Drama. Yeah, no, I think you're right. But there's got to be there's got to be some other strategic purpose. Or do you think he's legitimately yeah. still undecided about what he wants to do? Yes, but I think he likes be. I think he likes the uncertainty. I think he sits down at the end of each long A Raj day and writes, "Dear diary." Today, I talked to Goody and the Packers again, and I just don't know what to do. I don't know what they want. I am so confused. Please, somebody give me guidance. I think that's what he does. I, I, I mean, literally, he, he's just, he is a teenager. He told, he told everybody, this isn't going to be like last year. It's not. Everybody thought by now... Well, it's that not la- last he, year he, he waited until uh, August to I make know, up his but mind. Dude, he just will make, make up, up his mind in March this time, so he's right. Make up your bleeping mind. Just tell us what you want or don't want. If you want out, tell him. Okay, who you got who, the contract right there? Who gets the crown for being more <sighs> indecisive and dramatic in the offseason? Is it far from 15 years ago, or has has Aaron Rodgers eclipsed him at this point? Well, they're both divas, so that's hard to say. Um, I think it might be Rodgers, man. Yeah, like, I, Rogers I, mean, I like seems him more less. manipulative. Favre seems legitimately every year, you know, fifteen years ago, just Brett was manip- indecisive yeah. and I Brett seems Brett so more. burnt out every year. And then he realized once, like the grass started to smell like fall. Right. And, oh, okay, that's my football bat signal. Right. <laughs> I I, liked, I just don't want to go to training camp. So call me on August twentieth. Right. Brett annoyed me, but I liked him more. I here's my problem with with Rogers. What's the likable thing about him? Like Brett had his, the his touchdown uh, to interception sh- ratio. Uh, sh- no, but I mean off his the field. Thirteen like Brett, wins every year. Brett was the aw shucks guy, you know. Oh, sh- I don't know. Pieces are in place, and he was manipulative as hell. But Aaron just drives me crazy. Yeah, but let's I, uh, get the quarterback I, carousel going, man. Can we please I, get it going? I, th- I think he. I think all these teams probably have a plan B, C in place. But if he goes back, which I think he will at this point. I think he's going to go back. I agree. If he goes back, you know, Russell Wilson's still out there. We're going to talk about him on, on Purple Daily today because there's a, a sports betting website that has him as the odds-on favorite to replace Kirk Cousins, which is fascinating. But, you know, Kirk moves <laughs> up the ladder, right? I mean, there's there's going to be eight or nine quarterback needy teams. The Panthers need a quarterback. The Steelers need a quarterback. The uh, Well, the Broncos are probably the number one team that's been out there. And... When options come off the board, it makes Kirk more valuable in a potential trade. And I can't stop thinking about Kwesi's background when it comes to treating every player as a commodity worth Mm -hmm. some sort of value, right? Mm -hmm. And if the options are, I can pay the 13th, 14th best quarterback $40 million a year per his agent's contract demands, or I can leverage three quarterback needy teams against each other and get multiple draft picks and find... I don't know, a replacement that's 75% as good and 25% as expensive. The more this plays out, the more I'm doubling down on, I think they trade Kirk Cousins. And I, we just, need... I just turned an Aaron Rodgers talker yeah, into a Kirk Cousins talker because I am the CEO of Vikings yeah. Twitter. And, and I... you have that, and you and, and here's and here's the crazy thing. You have that, that right, and nobody can stop you now, right. and it just drives people crazy, and on well, Twitter the board, lashing I mean, out. The board can turn on you. I mean, that happens. Yeah, you got to be careful there. Uh, it's hard, though. I mean, that's going to take a lot, and I'm on the fringe. Like, I just work here. I don't really care. Um, but, yeah, what we need, what this league needs— Right now, make no mistake, is an Aaron Rodgers plunger. 
He's clogging up the system. We need to plunge him out. And then once we do, you can flush the Cousins and the Wilsons. I don't want to bidet. Now, clean. this is the, the National Football League, Declan Goff. I got bad news. Does not deal in <laughs> bidets. It's a meat and potatoes league, baby. That's what. But we need a plunger for a ride. We're back to Declan here. All right, I have a fo- I have a, a football statement. Well, and it's a non-Kirk Cousins statement. Do you guys want a non-Kirk Cousins oh, Phil, Vikings related Phil's statement? I would, I would, back I would prefer anyway. everything to relate to Kirk. Does the board? Right, how about this? You throw this out, and I will relate it back to Kirk Cousins. In yeah, some he way. Got okay. It. okay. All right. My statement is very simple. Go get the beef. Go get the beef. NFL free agency tampering periods next week. Free agency is coming up to in a couple weeks. I want to share a name with you guys to keep an eye on. Lakin Tomlinson. Of the San Francisco 49ers, offensive guard, one of the best in football, PFF grade of over 75 last season. Jeremy Fowler, in his free agency and trade buzz piece, which I just love. Basically, he just should have named that reckless speculation on ESPN.com. I don't know it's why great. he didn't do that. I love that article. Reckless speculation. He said this on Tomlinson under his uh, free agents to under the radar to keep an eye on type of move when free agency opens. He sure. says, Tomlinson is emerging as a top guard available and could spark a bidding war close to free agency. The Bengals, Panthers, Steelers, Jets, Seahawks, and Vikings are among teams that will be in the league. Um, Tomlinson, yeah, a, a big PFF grade. Also, if, if you're sick of Holy Hudo, as he liked, as uh, Pulford Skull called him, Holy Udo and Holy Hudo. Hudo, or yeah. 1,100 snaps last season and just eight penalties. Four of them were holding. So yeah, he's, he, he's one player. of the best guards in the NFL. Yeah, real good player. So if you, Accor- if, you, if you want him, go get him. According to Pro Football Focus, Lakin Tomlinson, who is, I would say the age is an interesting thing here because I don't know that the Vikings are totally ready to compete for a Super Bowl this year, even if they add a guy like Lakin Tomlinson. Yep. He's 30. There are like three or four other interesting uh, guards that are more like, you know, first contract guys, 25 or 26 years old. But he's projected to sign a three-year, like 30-ish million dollar a year contract. So he would be cheaper than Brandon Scherf. But like Declan said, zone, zone-heavy scheme, Kyle Shanahan. There's a lot of ties to what Kevin O'Connell is likely to run. So interesting. I think... I think Brandon Scherf signs here. That's what I think. Oh, is that just your? I think the well, the steam that the are Phil people DMing had, you now too. I literally got steam, five DMs from friends and family saying he wants to play in Minnesota. Yeah. So I. <laughs> so his, his two what his two top options, I believe that you told us at the time, Phil, were the, the Vikings and Chiefs, and the Chiefs. Yes. The Chiefs line is in great shape right now. I believe. I think he's going to sign a contract here that is not cheap. But it's probably very reasonable. I think Brandon Scherf is your starting right guard next season. Yeah, uh, I have one more Vikings one for you guys here, real quick. And it, it, you may yeah, have Kirk Cousins stinks. <laughs> That's the a statement. Vikings okay, trade thanks. Kirk Cousins, and here's why. I've never talked about this before. So uh, <laughs> I think Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfamensa, when it comes to game management, they get it. They hired a guy last week named Ryan Cordell as a game management coach. Did you guys talk about this on Purple, Purple Daily? Daily? Yes, we did, because it's a great move. Having somebody standing next to Kevin O'Connell all throughout the game, or however it works, in his, in his headset, right? I want you to think about timeout management, clock management, game flow management, 
all of those sort of end game strategy points that Mike Zimmer was mostly awful at. And Kirk yeah. Cousins, not the greatest at either. And you had two guys that were kind of like, I don't want to call timeouts. You call timeouts. I don't yeah. want to do it. So I think having someone in the lead up to games and during games helping to organize everyone's thoughts on, okay, here's how you conserve your timeouts. Here's what, let's not challenge a play, you know, you know, five minutes into the first quarter, or let's not challenge a spot on a, you know, when it's, you know, well, if, if we can, if we can challenge yeah. the spot, then it'll be third and one instead of a first yeah. down. Well, like, like game theory is so important. And, and I'm mad. So here's the flag. That for exactly. Right? I'm yeah. mad. I'm throwing, I'm throwing the flag. You yeah. idiot. Dude, like the Vikings lose all these close games and people just chalk it up to like, well, look how unlucky they are. I it know. is not unlucky to lose exactly. close games in the NFL, especially when it adds up over multiple years. In fact, you know what? I'm going to make a statement off that. Just came to mind. Uh, so many statements. To quote the great Bob Dylan, the Vikings, they are a changing. And here's how. Did you see in the press release of the Cordero hire, they specifically said, or on their site, they specifically said he is here to help at the end of halves. Like that is the most aggressive shot that a team can possibly take. No, like it's, it, it's true. Yeah. It's true. And then I saw it, I believe it was today or at some point during the weekend, Vikings.com did a mailbag, and one of the lead headlines on this was something along the lines of the future of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, saw I saw that so this like, morning. So, yeah. like, they're a The mailbag is, is sneaking you know what that is? And you know what that is? That's a, that's a massage to the Cousins Crusaders of sit down, calm down for a second, but we need to talk. When the okay, team, do you think it do you think it's that strategic? Yes. In fact, I can tell you right now. Oh boy. I can oh, tell Oh, here we go. Uh-oh. I can tell No, no, I can tell you flat out. Are you reporting? The strategy? No, I'm going to give you the background, the history of vikings.com. vikings.com back in in the day, I believe it was when when uh the former uh chief in charge was there, who's now gone. Uh, he used to do a daily link to here's what the Star Tribune is saying. Like he didn't campfire music. For he didn't regurgitate story it. Story time. No, no. He just basically threw, threw out. Here's a link to the Pioneer Press. Here's a link to the Star Tribune. Blah yeah. blah blah. Rick Spielman called that young man in and said, "You will never do this again. We are not going to be putting out anything on our site that might be deemed controversial from elsewhere. We are not." So basically, that. if outside parties are. Wang either in. either have opinions or are reporting on things. Then that Don't is want not them. our. We do not disseminate that. We correct. disseminate the information that we want to disseminate. That is absolutely correct. So going off that, and crazy, not a dumb guy. I mean, this guy's very very smart. I, I guarantee you, he, he will be strategic, and and in a positive way, manipulative of what he wants, which he should be. Right? Did anyone read the mailbag? I saw I the have, headline. I have not, I have not yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have not clicked on it. Let but me, the fact that they, but the fact that they put that headline out there, is a definitely interesting thing for that website. Okay, hold on a second. I just want to find this. Uh, I got a Monday. I think morning, like the first uh, couple paragraphs, but then. Okay, here we go. Monday morning mailbag examining all. So this is this is from the Vikings team website. Yes, Vikings.com. Exploring, Game. examining all Vikings options with Kirk Cousins. Yes. Will Kirk Cousins remain in Minnesota from Darla? Uh, she throws that okay. question out. 
Yep. Uh, Darla has asked the million dollar question. It's one that dozens, that dozens and dozens of Vikings fans have sent me in recent weeks. It's not very many. I mean, more people need to be sending Kirk Cousins questions to Vikings.com. Only a couple Gabe, of dozen. Use the word hundreds. Use the word hundreds. I don't care if it's real, Gabe. <laughs> use that word. Hundreds. Uh, Sounds better than This dozens. is not Gabe. This is, uh, is Eric Smith, who's uh, okay. also on the Vikings.com staff. Um, let's see here. First, uh, okay, so he's, uh, he's saying everyone uh, wants to know what the team will do. It's likely best to exercise some patience here, too. The league year doesn't begin until March 16th. Uh-huh. We'll get some clarity around then. Answers might not come this week, and that's okay, too. Uh, then he quotes Odof Mensa. Let's get why the Vikings, but here it is. With that, let's get into why the Vikings would consider letting Cousins simply play out uh-huh. the policies of his contract. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. This, but this is interesting. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to read the whole thing here. but No, don't do that. I'm just, so. I'm just telling you. It's oh, a very- wait, oh, wait. Here's another one. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh-oh. Perhaps Cousins has been held back by a more conservative approach in recent years and is ready to flourish in O'Connell's system. Um, so that that's one theory for keeping him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This whole this whole thing's really long, but they're definitely fleshing this out. So go to Vikings.com for the insights. It's interesting that the team website is delving into what we deem to be at least semi-reckless yeah. speculation. Uh, real quick before Declan uh, cuts open another vein on the Minnesota Wild. So uh, if you guys remember about a month ago, uh, 15-year-old Deshaun Hill Jr. was just senselessly and and tragically shot and killed in uh, the North Minneapolis area. And he was a, I mean, the backstory is he's just, by all accounts, a standout family member and athlete. He was an honor roll student. Um, his friends and family uh, describe him as an amazing son, brother, and friend who touched the lives of everyone he met with his infectious smile and humble personality. Uh, so Minneapolis North has set up a fund that aims to raise scholarship money for the North class of 2024, which is Deshaun's class. And we, we want to get behind this at Score North, Mackie and Judd and, and Purple Daily. So th- the goal here is, listen, this is senseless. This is tragic. Um, if we can raise some money and and help grow awareness for this fund that gives some other kids a chance to get a head start, just have a better chance for success in life then let's raise some money for that cause. And so you can go to scorenorth.com and type in the keyword hill, scorenorth.com keyword hill, if you want to donate. I mean, any amount of money is is better than nothing. Uh, you can also find the link on my Twitter page, just at Phil Mackey. I tweeted it out last night. So um, we'll be hearing more throughout the week on the Mackey and Judd podcast, just about his backstory and the cause here and uh, and what we can do to help as a, as a community in and around the Twin Cities. So... Um, scorenorth.com keyword hill. All right, boys, let's do it here. Uh, you guys already did a Judd's hockey show. You have vented, you have ranted. This team has two wins basically in the last month since Valentine's day. I had to go back to February 12th to find the last time they didn't give up at least three goals in a game. And, uh, and even though you have ranted and vented and cut open veins, it has not been enough. Declan has more to get off his chest here. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. It is your, it is your pie chart of blame for the Minnesota Wild slumping and struggling and falling down the Western Conference standings. It's been a long time, so I had to fire up the oven for this pie chart. Well, we're, we've gone about now two months since the last time we probably did a pie chart on this show. Had to get the ingredients, had to go to the grocery store, and, and, and I was, you know, hate shopping. 
Those hate shopping trips are, are the worst trips. You, you go into the, go into the grocery store. I want, need all this stuff. Where's where's the goaltending? Where's all the power play? Where's the penalty kill fix? Lot lot of hatred mm-hmm. into this pie chart of blame uh, with the wild and the skid. So as a gentleman, I am. I'll start from the bottom and I'll work my way up with this uh, pie chart here. I'm going to start with ten percent of the blame. Ten percent of the blame just on the special teams. And Judd might even say it, it should be higher. And some fans might even say it should be higher. The penalty kill for the wild has been atrocious since February first. Their penalty kill is only killing 64% of opponent's power plays, which mm. is pretty abysmal. Uh, now, the age-old saying is your best penalty killer is your goaltender. So goaltending has a little bit to do with that. But at the same time, you need to kill off more penalties. Yes, the, the, they have the man advantage, but 64%, only the Detroit Red Wings, have a worse penalty kill percentage since February 1st. So opponents are just feasting anytime they get on the power play. A 1-3 in three chance, they're going to score. Even higher than that, so it's it's been pretty bad for the for the uh, for the Wild special team. So ten percent of the blame just on the special teams for this skid. Fifteen percent of the blame for the lack of size and physicality. The Wild have been being pushed around by other teams lately, and they were without Matt Dumba. Uh, Marcus Foligno is their heart and soul, right, and isn't afraid to drop the gloves at any moment. But it just seems like, and Judd and I talked about this a lot over the last month or so. They are getting bullied by other teams. And th- there's, there seems to be this blueprint out over this last six weeks on how to beat the Wild. And it's to slow them down and bog them down with size and physicality. And the Wild just aren't, they're not a big team. They really aren't. Yeah, Felino can throw haymakers and Dumba can throw a nice check here and there. But they don't really have that size and physicality that makes them stand out against a team like the Blues. They don't have the also size to potentially slow down a, a top line like Colorado. They they do that's probably even before this skid happened. I think that was the one area even before this losing streak happened that said, you know what, could they get one more big body in here just to have a presence to try to slow them down? It wasn't high on the priority list at the time because you were winning games, but now I think that has come up and kind of bit the wild in the behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would say size is also fifteen percent of the blame. So twenty five percent of this pie chart is already done. Two more pieces of pie. Twenty five percent of the blame. Regression to non-star players. So Fiala and Kaprizov, let's go back in time a little bit to the first dozen games of the season when both your two best offensive players were struggling, right? At the time, Fiala and Kaprizov weren't getting the goals. But you got goals from guys like Ryan Hartman. You got goals from uh, Marcus Foligno. Well, over the last basically six weeks of play, Ryan Hartman has basically been a disaster. Negative uh, five on the ice in the last 14 games, just four points. Marcus Foligno, who was uh, somehow trying to buck the trend of shooting percentage, doesn't matter. But this dude has now finally come down to earth hard. In the last 12 games for Marcus Foligno, just one goal and no assists. He's come down to earth very, very hard. Joel Eriksson Eck, your greasy center, who isn't afraid to get into areas, greasy. right? Get in, get in front of the goaltender and he take a nice showers once presence. every week. Yeah, Mr. September, because his conditioning is so perfect during training camp, right? Um, the last 14 games for Eck, three goals, two assists, five points. Fiala, Kaprizov, Zuccarello have all been able to figure out ways to <laughs> score goals and still maintain their offense, right? But when it comes playoff time, your top players sometimes go away. They get shut down. That's what happened to Kaprizov in the Vegas Golden Knights series last year. Kaprizov got shut down, and could the Wild have enough firepower to beat Vegas? The answer was no. And now those secondary players like Hartman, Felino, and, and Eck have uh, have basically fallen off a cliff, and you haven't been able to get any offense from them. So 25% of my blame right there on those non-core players. And then the biggest chunk of pie here. I'm, I'm just going to go right to it. Goaltending. 
Your goaltending is abysmal right now. Um, five goals allowed basically by either goaltender in Talbot or Kapo Kakinen. And analytically, the Wilds offense continues to be one of the most impressive in the league in terms of scoring goals above yeah. expected. Meaning that their offense is, they're not just scoring lucky goals, they're scoring goals in areas that they should be able to be scoring goals in. Their, their finishing rate, their high danger rate is still at the top of the league. Their defensemen are putting their goaltenders in good position to not allow soft goals, but the goaltender is allowing soft goals. I would love for the Wild to get a center, right? I would love Claude Giroux, even Thomas Hurdle, who's more of a pipe dream and a better player. That'd be great. It'd make your offense better. But in the NHL, there's one thing, one thing that can bail you out when your offense isn't working, when your secondary scoring isn't working, when your power play and penalty kills stink. It's a good goaltender. It's, it's, it's this elixir that can sometimes still rise up and make up for all those other deficiencies. And goaltending is random, and it's very, very volatile in the NHL. There's two, three really elite goaltenders, and then the drop-off really hits, hits a cliff there. But with Capo Kakinen and Cam Talbot, you cannot rely on them right now. You absolutely cannot rely on them. So could you get the flower? Could you get Marc-Andre Fleury? Maybe, potentially, if he also wants to wave that clause. But the goaltending, in my opinion, has been the biggest culprit in this entire thing. So 50% of my blame on the goaltending. So to recap, 10% to special teams, 15% to size, 25% to the aggression of non-star players, and then 50% on goaltending. Eat up that piece the of pie. The Rock knows how you feel about wow. pie. Wow. Yeah, by the way, uh, the Wild remain one of only two teams in the NHL here. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Western Conference with over 200 goals scored this season. Only Colorado in the Western Conference has scored more goals. But among the eight teams in the Central Division, they've allowed the third most goals. They've allowed 20 more goals than Colorado, which is basically a half goal a game. And uh, and they've allowed 30 more goals than uh, the Blues, which is almost... that's like three quarters of a goal per game. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, you got to go back to February 12th, the last time they didn't allow at least three goals in a game. Well, and their defense is playing poorly, too. Um, Goligoski has regressed immensely. John Merrill, who was great and got a contract extension, is now turned in his glass slipper. He's he's gone back <laughs> to being himself again. And the goaltending has been, been bad. But... You, you got what's to the include. De- what's the DEFCON level? You got it. Oh, we're scrambling. I'm, one I'm one is the worst, part. right? Like yeah. one is like the top level of of DEFCON. Oh, right now I we're got, at uh, Texas got the bad phone. <laughs> we're at right now two and a half, two. Okay, could they real quick? Sorry, could so they are currently so Dallas has they could miss them. the playoffs. Yes, they they can miss the playoffs. <laughs> that was what I was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's likely, but. Look at the standings. We've gone Nashville from is on the second wild card <laughs> to one point behind them and Dallas. And Who's the behind Oilers Nashville then? Are Edmonton? right behind uh, them Winnipeg. in terms of wild card. Uh oh, Ed- Edmonton. Edmonton. Yes. Edmonton. Edmonton's right behind. Points. Right yeah. behind Nashville. But everyone is grouped so. There's three now. points. There's three points from being out of the playoffs right now. Yes, and the games and the games in hand are basically have dried up. So it's not like, well, we've played five less games. Don't worry about it now. Now it's closer. Now it's closer. And here's my here's my thing too. I I am giving a chunk of pie at least to the head coach who I praised when he did a great job. But Dean Evason, when you're stepping to the post game podium, and I I ranted about this on JHS, and basically, so Mike Russo. Of the athletics says to Dean, your team just seems so 
fragile right now. Fragile. Like, this is pro sports. These are grown men playing hockey. And Dean's like, yeah, we are. That's the biggest problem. You know what? We played a great first period. First of all, the game is more the last time I checked than one period of hockey. But, yeah, we're fragile right now. What the hell does that mean? That was the old, the, the entire reason I was excited about this team was they weren't the old Wild. They had gotten rid of Parisi, and they got rid of yeah. Suter, and they got rid of Granlund and Zucker, yeah. and Koivu's gone. And the whole thing is, you're you're fragile, and how long can you be fragile for? I told Dex this. If you have a few bad games, right, and you're sort of like mind bleeped for a couple, you know what, it's a long year, totally get that. If that goes on for a week, I'm a little concerned, but I'm not. But this is 10 games now, and this is the second bad stretch, and you're fragile. Like, that's your biggest thing. We're just so fragile right now. So, we're going to work on, on that. How the hell okay, do you what, work on being what, fragile? What does that even or, how what to does avoid it mean? Being fragile? How does that even, what does it mean? Like, I feel like this is my, Judd knows this for years. My biggest gripe with I hockey with and this. the analysis of hockey is yes. when something's not going right, we always resort to like these nebulous, unexplainable yeah. things like, oh, they just need right. to be grittier or they ju- right. they're just a little well, bit mentally weak and yes. fragile. Like, okay, what? So if you put a better goalie in net, let's say you swapped out these two clowns. By the way, these should be, you know what? I was going to do something else. I'm going to blend this in. Oh, wow. It's time for okay. the buffoon of the week here on <laughs> Mac It's a goalie mask. That's it's not toilet paper. paper. <laughs> it's a goalie mask. It's time for, no, it is time for the buffoon of the week. Talbot, and I, I was going to go in a different direction, but now that we're down this path. The, right. buff- the buffoon of the week is really the buffoons of the week, and it's Kakinen and Talbot. Guys. <laughs> Guys. Okay? It's not that the team isn't mentally weak. The team isn't fragile. The team doesn't need to get grittier, and maybe they do need to do some of these things. How about the team doesn't need to give up six goals every freaking night? Okay? How about not giving up four goals? How about once in a while? How about like once a week you give up a goal, and you yeah. win a three-to-one hockey game? Maybe, just maybe, you can win like a two to nothing hockey game sometime, okay? It's not asking that much to not give up four goals in a game. So the buffoons of the week are the two guys who are well, struggling bravo. to well maintain earned, a guys. large presence. Well in earned. The That's right. The, the other thing, too, about this sport, and I love it, but it drives me nuts, is this. There's a difference between a coach being weak and, and melting down. And at some point in time, applying the pressure where it belongs, right? So instead of saying, yeah, Mike, you're right. We are just fragile right now. We're mentally fragile. Dean, it's okay to say we need far more in goal. Like, that's fine. Why is that's he a, not saying Everybody that? knows because he's trying to soft pedal because the team, he's trying to, like, keep the peace in his mind. But the reality is, Phil, what you're saying is exactly right. And it is okay to say our goaltending tonight was a major disappointment because that's accurate. And the problem is it's now game after game after game. And and I feel like I feel like it's selling the rest of the team short because they are scoring goals. Yeah. And and they're not playing great. But you know what helps? I'm gonna tell you what helps. It's when the scoreboard it's it has a one and a twenty, and the game's about to start, and you're about to drop the damn puck, and you look in goal and you think. This guy gives us a chance tonight. You know what makes you, quote, fragile? Oh, no, what's going to happen? What makes you fragile is when you look at the buffoon of the weekend goal and you're like, this guy's a sieve. He's going to sieve. I mean, the fourth goal on Capo yesterday, which was an absolutely crucial goal. The fourth goal, 
was a terrible goal. It was a shot that Jason Robertson of the Stars, I think, was trying just to put on net for like a rebound or something. It went through Capo. It cost them dearly. That's why they lost the game. Okay, can I throw another theory out here just for fun? Yeah. And this is this is going to sound like excuse making here, so hammer me if you must. But their schedule has been now everyone's schedule is is weird because everyone's playing so many games. But you know they only played they had like a six week stretch going back to you know the second to last week in January. They've, they've really only played like four home games in the last mm-hmm. six weeks, and they get this stretch starting March thirteenth. Nine. Yeah, it's nine consecutive home games. So, I mean, it'll be nice to sleep in your bed and not have to travel. I mean, they're East Coast, West Coast. They do get a home game. Well, they obviously played uh, Dallas at home yesterday. This New York game, you want to talk about teams grinding you down. New York is the biggest. New York is the biggest grinding. I don't know if Judd wants to go to a funeral on Tuesday, but he might be attending one at the XL. Shesterkin and goal. Oh, I got to see this guy. He's good. You might win the heart. Yeah. Igor Shesterkin's good. But like nine home games in March should be nice to get get back on track. Fire up the BSN because I didn't realize my guy came back (laughs) from New York and he now works for Bally Sports North. Congratulations. No, it's coming up next. (laughs) Coming up next. Sleeping in your own bed. Wes Walls tells us how it makes a big difference. Especially with select comfort. (laughs) Casper mattress. My God. I'm Uh, just saying it'll be helpful to have sleep on the damn floor. Sleep on the damn floor. You know, you know what? You get out of that select number bed. You buffoons of the week, and you're going to sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor until you win a damn hockey. Mentally, mentally. Uh, you know, speaking of Soft. speaking of mentally weak, all right. That you know, you want to know what the opposite of mentally weak is? People that ride motorcycles. I think of those people oh, as yeah. being very tough people, right? They wear leather. They're tough. Mm-hmm. They are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Dennis Kirk has been a longtime partner of ours uh, from really from the start here on Score North and going back to uh, the Mackie and Judd Radio days too. And if you are a motorcycle guy, they have got what you need: parts, accessories, apparel. Uh, we would love it if you guys gave them a look for whatever your needs are. Free shipping on orders over $89, free returns on helmets and apparel, and over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. DennisKirk.com. DennisKirk.com. Yeah. You know, probably wear some leather. Actually, he was wearing leather last night. My guy, Adam Page, retaining his AEW World Championship, the Anxious Millennial Cowboy. He loves him some leather, some chaps. Oh, he comes out the, the chaps. Did he, yeah, did he ride a horse to the shirt. ring last night? No, no, no horse, and no horse vignette either. I, the, the, the the promo story time when when AW was here in, in November for for their pay per view when Adam Page won the world championship. Judd, they did this great promo where they shut down. You told um, me about this First Avenue. That's awesome. Like, and they must they had to do it like at three or four in the morning because it was like pitch black dark. And Adam Page is just riding a horse. That it's like the only time I've been. Okay with the horse, and I was like, "Oh, that is, dude." Can you imagine, like, stumbling out of the loon and seeing? It's my biggest fear. I've had nightmares about that. Hangman Adam Page on a horse, yeah, trotting, and the horse just charges at Declan, yeah, bowls him over, runs over him, steps on him, breaks a couple ribs. Especially after like too many grape apes at the loon. Yeah, that's like my biggest fear happening, and and all (laughs) in one. That's why you got to stick to my beer, certainly, and feel good. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to know where I was was going to go with the buffoon of the week? Yeah, let's hear. It. Curious yeah. at all? It it's was going to be bonus a bonus buffoon. <laughs> it's a bonus buffoon. It was going to be a preemptive strike. 
because I noticed Ooh. last week when I was when I was uh, out in New York, you guys were doing the show that the Vikings we thought that they were done with nepotism, right? We thought, oh, Adam Zimmer is gone, oh, and no, you know, who else? I don't know. The uh, there's been all sorts of issues. Andre Patterson's Scott kid Turner was working for the, the team. Yeah. yeah, and my buffoon of the week preemptively was going to be Steve Donatel. Who was hired? I think this is his first ever NFL gig, right? He's, he was at Stanford as an it's assistant. Like Steve coach. Belichick, what are you talking about? Oh. So uh, not not that he's a buffoon yet, but that at some point we were going to be unhappy that you know maybe the the defense isn't playing well, and we figure that oh it's got to be because Steve Donatel isn't qualified to be an assistant. Why are you not hiring qualified assistants? So, uh, but he lucky for him, he is not an official <laughs> buffoon of the week because we pivoted. To uh, Cam Talbot, Kapo Kakinen. O'Connell's kid is seven, eight, right? His son. I think he could be a ball boy. I was going to say, I. It's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. He loves football. I'm going to tell. I I guarantee you. In fact, write this down. In six years, he'll have some type of job with the team. Is this on the record? Are we putting this on the record? Well, but we don't know if O'Connell's going to be here in six years. I hope for his sake he is. But I think the kid will have some type of job. Things down. So don't you worry. Nepotism's coming back. In sports, it's all over the place. You know that. Yeah. Uh, hey, shout out also to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I don't know if, if they're into nepotism or not. I'm sure there's probably some uh, some kids of executives working at Federated. In, I'm not really sure. You into nepotism. But they're, but they're great at insuring and helping businesses maximize their potential. You can find out more about all the different tools and resources Federated provides at federatedinsurance.com. You can find your marketing rep by going to federatedinsurance.com. You can just type in your uh, zip code location, and uh, you'll get a face-to-face relationship with someone to help protect and maximize your business. Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. They're not fragile is what you're telling us. They are not fragile. They are not fragile. They'll protect what is fragile, but they're not. And wild, that's how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to, you're supposed to protect your ice. This is your ice, remember? Your I ice. can't believe they are. The conversation is now, can they hold off? Dude, look at the can standings. Can they hold I off mean, the Oilers in the wild? Can they hold off the Ducks in the wild card race? The Canucks? Well, we'll see what happens. I'm worried but about it'll be, the Predators. It would be nice to sleep in your own bed, go grocery shopping, you know, come home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Phil. Mm-hmm. Phil LePage. The family game. Uh, if you want Russell Wilson speculation, then uh, Purple Daily is the place for you today. So check that out. Mackie and Jeb, see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.